It's me, Roz. You guys, this past week, this podcast, ghosted by Roz Dresvelez, hit three years. We first came out on uh, January 30th of 2019. So it's officially been three years and hundreds of interviews, hundreds, probably thousands of stories. I am so grateful that... You guys still listen to this show. I love doing it so, so much. And especially during the pandemic, it really helped me to get through. And of course, you all really helped me to get through um, by listening and giving me words of encouragement and, and making me feel like I should just keep going with it. And we have reached three years. And I don't, sh- I don't show any signs of stopping. I mean, it is tough, okay? I've talked about this a little bit, but I'm just going to say it again. It is tough to do a weekly podcast, especially when you have to book guests. But especially, especially when you have to book guests with good ghost stories, it is hard. And I know that sometimes people like certain episodes more than others. Um, I can admit there's some episodes that I know are better than others and have more stories than others. But ultimately, I just like to really talk to different people about their beliefs, whether you agree with them or not. I don't know. I just find it all interesting because, you know, the bottom line is none of us know what any of this stuff is. We can just hear people's experiences and what they believe in, and I, I don't know. It's just a, a compiling of, of ideas in a, in a judgment-free zone. And so I'm always working around the clock, trying my best to get great content every single week. And it, it's not easy, but it's worth it because when it's good, it is good. And I just, I don't know. This is, this is my happy place. You know, I'm always in like such a good mood. I'm sure if you only know me from this podcast, you're probably like, wow, Roz is always so happy and cheerful. That's not the case. Just to be, just to be real with you, my life, I've, I think last year, this, this third year of Ghosted in my personal life, 2021, was the most challenging year of my life. Um, more than 2020 for me, it was really a challenging year. And, um, this is my, this is my happy place. And I love talking about the paranormal. It puts me in a good mood. So that's why it seems like I'm always so happy. If you saw me on the street, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be like, Hey, what's going on? I mean, maybe, and maybe if you said you listened to ghosted, cause it, it, it instantly puts me in a good mood. I just like to talk about ghosts and, all of that stuff. So I don't, I don't make a ton of money doing this. I am not the biggest podcast in the world, 
which is probably the most surprising thing you will ever hear on this podcast. And we hear some crazy shit, but I do it because I love it. And I love you both living and dead. But if I didn't ask it, just kidding. I'm not, I'm not ending this episode yet because we have a good one. We have a huge one. I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge how grateful I am for everyone that listens to the show. I always appreciate you guys spreading the word. Um, you know, I, I, I put my heart and soul into this, um, regardless of what is going on in the world. I do my best to always be giving you guys good content and a special shout out to Starburns Audio and Kyle who produces this show and everyone there to help me get it out. And, um, and yeah, I'm just, thank you guys for telling your friends about it and rating it five stars and joining the Patreon and all that stuff. It means the world to me. So on to today's episode. This is a great way to celebrate our three years because we have a return guest who last year was one of our most talked about, one of our most beloved guests, Andrea Perrin. Now, if you're new to the show, maybe go back and listen to when she was on. It was a two-part conversation. And Andrea, famously, grew up in the house that inspired the movie The Conjuring. Ed and Lorraine Warren, the whole thing is based on a true story, the story of the Perrin family. She is the eldest daughter of that family. She has had so many paranormal experiences. I was so excited to talk to her today. Uh, she had she had stuff to do today. She was able to fit me in for an hour. So we chatted, uh, but of course there's like a bajillion other things that we will be getting to again at some point. We'll have her back for sure. But today, this episode is mainly focused on extraterrestrials. Now, Andrea, this, this one is going to blow your mind. And she says some stuff that is incredible. And she's one of these people where I have no reason to believe that what she says isn't real. I mean, I don't know. Personally, you know, that's up for you to decide. But she, she says some incredible stuff about extraterrestrial life. And we don't talk about it enough on the show. And it, I thought it would be a fun conversation to have. And I'm in shock. I just recorded it. And I'm like, my, my brain is thinking about a lot of stuff right now. Uh, thanks to Andrea, and you'll see what I'm talking about in just a moment. And as always, if you want to hear a little bit extra, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash on my second tier. Also, the last time she was on, her Patreon clip was one of the most remarkable stories I've ever heard about. It involved an orange, the fruit, an orange, and some crazy paranormal activity that happened with an orange on uh, on the the farmhouse that she grew up in, the Conjuring House, as it's called. Um, you could check that out on my Patreon as well. Uh, link in the description of this episode. Okay, here we go. Talking extraterrestrials with Andrea Perrin. On with the show. Oh my God. I am joined again 
by Andrea Perrin. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Roz. It's so wonderful to be with you, dear. Uh, You know, you're a fan favorite over here. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Well, you know, they're my favorites, too. I would be nowhere without them. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and that's true of all of us that work in this field. You know, this is a a community of people that's worldwide. Um, And um, when I have you on my radio show, uh, well, it's a YouTube show, it's video, too. Uh, next Friday night on the 11th. Uh, I hope it's okay to announce that. I yeah. have to pin it on the calendar, but it's it's a go. It's a go show. Um, I get to turn the tables on you and ask you questions. Mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, people have to tune in on your YouTube channel, right? Yes, and it's, it's worldwide. I mean, we have an audience. I mean, we get people that uh, have breakfast with us in New Zealand and Australia. Oh my God. You know, I mean, I've got a, a following in Iceland who would have ever thought I had a following in Iceland, but Amazing. apparently there's a really sizable paranormal community in Iceland. That's one of my favorite things is hearing from people around the world, different cultures, just all kinds of people. And it just, to me, validates that this stuff is real. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And uh, I've got some people to turn you on to for your show um, that will absolutely blow your mind. People that I've been working with. Uh, I told one of my producers that we should rename our show uh, or our company uh, Global Pandemic Productions <laughs> because we have gotten so much done in the last two years over computers, over the phone, on Zoom. Uh, you know, I've just uh, amazing, amazing, copious amounts of work that we've gotten done uh, in the last couple of years. And in my travels, once I was all vaxxed up and ready to go um, and got back out on the road to a certain extent, um, I've come across some people who I need to introduce you to who are really the forward momentum of the paranormal. Oh, I mean, um I have a, a young couple that I need to introduce you to that is has made direct contact with spirit. Oh, I'd love to meet them. You texted yes. me a couple months ago that you were in Joshua Tree. Yes. Doing oh. something out there. And I wasn't able to go. And I wanted to go so bad. That sounds like my dream come true to go to Joshua Tree with Andrea Perrin. What were you doing out there? Oh, I'll be back, darling. I'll be back. Yeah, it's uh, it's a documentary that is being produced right now in the UK. And um, it will be distributed worldwide out of Australia. Um, and it was one of the most dynamic inspiring events that I've ever been involved with. Are you able to say what, what it was? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm well, to an extent, I guess, you know, I mean, I don't even know what the name of the doc is going to be yet. I mean, we're in the process, the producer, uh, who, whose main project this is, is in, um, London. And she is a brilliant producer, absolutely astounding uh, woman. And she uh, called me and said, uh, can my assistant pick you up at LAX next Tuesday? I was like, let me check my calendar, you know. (laughs) Um, And she said, we'll fly you back on Thursday. 
I said, what, what (laughs) we shot. I mean, other than being picked up at LAX and driven out to Joshua tree national park, uh, in Yucca Valley, um, which is where we stayed. I stayed in a round yurt surrounded by coyotes. It was fabulous. Fabulous. (laughs) They shut up when I tell them to. I'm very polite about it. You know, I just let them know, okay, you know, you could be scaring babies and waking the dead with all of this noise coming out of you. Um, and then they stop. Um, but what we but what we were doing was going out to make direct conscious contact with extraterrestrials. And we brought Oh, over the course of the 48 hours that we shot constantly, the cameras were, cameras were running constantly. Uh, someone was filming something at all times for about 45, maybe 48 hours. And then we all left and we went back to our spots on Earth. Um, and in that amount of time, we created something that I think is uh, extraordinary. And very different, quite unique, not, I think, what people would expect. Um, But it's almost, I, okay, let me preface this, Roz, by saying I don't think that there should be any competition between any of us that work in this field. It should be share and share alike. And, you know, the forward momentum in the field should be shared. New discoveries should be shared. And people should embrace each other, regardless of our differences, of which there are, you know, myriad differences, Mm -hmm. copious amounts of differences between us as individuals. And yet we're all working with, you know, with single minded purpose toward a unified goal. Mm -hmm. And that is to prove that there is something beyond our mortal existence, that there is some form of life after death. And I do believe that Cody Ray Despians and Satori Hawes have proved it. Oh, my God. Because last yes. time you were on here, we talked very briefly about, because uh, I know from Amy Bruni talking about how you can sing and, and, and make you know UFOs or whatever you want to call them appear. Um, but I want to talk more about this because there's so there's so much to talk to you about. I mean, God, most last time you were here, we mainly talked about <laughs> the iconic haunted house you grew up in. Yes, um, yes. But I know that there's there's just so I'm much. not just the ghost lady, babe. I want to hear about it. Tell me more. Tell me more. So when did you first realize that you could? you know, make contact with extraterrestrials? Well, um, it's been 50 years this year. I was 13 years old when I had what I describe now as an adult as my first conscious contact with extraterrestrials. However, I do believe to the core of the, you know, the cellular core of my being that I had prior experiences. I just didn't know what they were. Mm. Um, and I think that there is some correlation and integration between, uh, extraterrestrial, uh, the presence of extraterrestrials and spirit, mm. but I don't know what it is. Um, I, I feel on an intuitive level 
you know, of course, a spirit is an extraterrestrial in that it is no longer in a human body in a vessel on planet. Hmm. So in that respect, I guess there should be some kind of a, you know, kindred spirit relationship between ETs and um, what we call ghosts. Mm -hmm. But uh, oh, by the way, have you seen that show? Have you seen Ghosts? The Ghosts. American version. Oh, the sitcom on CBS. Oh my God, I haven't watched it, but I've heard good things. I'm addicted. I'm absolutely <laughs> addicted. I've, if, in this life, if you're going to be addicted to something, best that it be a TV show. But <laughs> they are the will and grace of the paranormal. I mean, a, a cast unlike anything I've ever seen. And I hear the British version is even better. Um, when I uh, can hook up my HBO, when I go home, um, I am going to, uh, I'm going to check that out too. But I think that it is so important that a show like this be well-received in the community. And the reason that I do is because it makes people laugh. And there are things about it that are actually real, (laughs) you know, Uh like whoever's writing this is doing their homework in terms of manifestations and, you know, that type of thing. Um, It's really it's an excellent show. I highly recommend it to anybody that's listening. Okay, that aside, um, when I was 13 years old, I had uh, my first close encounter. uh, What? has been described and is the title of the, you know, the great film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm -hmm. Was this when you were living in the house? Yeah, I was living at the farmhouse. I believe with my heart and soul that it was the spirit activity in the house that opened my third eye so Mm -hmm. that I was prepared and ready for what I saw. And I still wasn't. I mean, I was a kid. I didn't even have depth perception well enough, you know, developed well enough that I can tell you how far away the mothership was above my head and all the other little ships that were following following it, that were like escorting it through the sky. And it came right over the farm. It came directly over the farmhouse um, and I was the only one outside and I was the only one who saw it. And and I think that's because I was supposed to be the only one who saw it. Um, yeah. I didn't even tell my mother for months. I had lost time. The, the thing that I remember after seeing it pass overhead absolutely silently um, was being in the kitchen. And I have no recollection of walking into the house uh, at all. Um So does that lead you to believe that maybe you were taken up there? Uh, I don't know. I think I could have been downloaded. I think I could have been um, visited. I think that I could. I do not use the word abducted in my description of what happens um, with people, nor do I use the word alien because it, too, has a very negative connotation. And from my lifelong experience with the galactic family. I have never had any kind of a negative impact on me from my association with them. Uh, Their acknowledgement of me, my acknowledgement of them, and the mutual embrace, what I describe as higher love. 
I hear these stories constantly that lead me to believe that they come in bees. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a situation where with a lot of living people or a lot of different situations where people don't understand. And so they assume that it's bad. They assume that it's scary. Well, they've been programmed to believe that. I mean, there have been very few uh, representations of um, extraterrestrials on film or uh, in literature that aren't at the very least complicated. Um, If you remember back uh, years ago, there was a a broadcast network show called V, Mm -hmm. uh, which was about abduction and uh, inbreeding, uh, that type of thing. It was very scary. It was um, meant to be. And it was a complete and utter misrepresentation uh, that was unfortunately, uh, I I consider it um, exploiting them. Mm. Uh, And that's, uh, I I get, this might sound so strange, Roz, but I am a little weird, ask John Tenney. There's nothing weird Um, here. (laughs) Not on this show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The king of of, uh, the realm of the weird considers me the queen of high strangeness. So (laughs) uh, we're kind of in this boat together. But, you know, I have to say what I have to say. And I am compelled to. It's not even it's almost like they channel through me. I don't even remember what the message is until after it has already been issued and made an impact. So. What I do is uh, I gather with thousands and thousands of people around the country when I travel. And by the way, never charge anyone a dime for graciously giving them the gift that I have received. Mm. About seven or eight years ago, I discovered that um, I can just sing their favorite music, which is also my favorite music. I, there's obviously a connection there as well. And um, and they'll just light up the sky. And in fact, I guess it was maybe seven or eight years ago, I was at the Upper Peninsula, Michigan Paracon. Um, and someone had gotten wind of me talking about how I go out in my driveway at night and I sing to them and they make their presence known to me in remarkable ways in a wide variety of ways. Um, And so several people said, can, you know, can we go out with you? Will you take us with you? And I said, yes, of course. And before I knew it, I had about 50 or 60 people outside with me. So I started singing. I love you for sentimental reasons at the top of my lungs And the sky filled with light and vessels came from four different directions. And the next morning, John Zaffis walked into the showroom and he threw the Sault Ste. Marie newspaper down on my table and looked at me and he said, you did this. And I was like, I did what? I have not been arrested recently, John. (laughs) Um, And um, 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm like not at a march in Washington. Okay. I'm just being, you know, just little old me up in Sault Ste. Marie. And uh, I opened up the paper and it said uh, 157 calls to the Sault Ste. Police Station uh, last night because of uh, extraterrestrials, uh, UFOs in the sky. Wow. So a bunch of other people not even involved had also seen it. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was the night that Rosemary Ellen Guiley walked up to me. And she's, you know, she was a mentor to me. She was a a bright, shining light in the firmament. Yeah, she wrote a lot of books. Yes, she did. And uh, 63, I believe. Um, And she walked up to me and she said, you're the most powerful woman I've ever met in my life. Wow. I was like, what? Okay. All right. Uh, You need to go find a mirror and say those words. Okay. (laughs) You know, because I mean, she was just so extraordinary and I miss her every day. Um, But I know she's got some of her answers now. Mm. Um, She was a walking encyclopedia of the paranormal. There will never be another Rosemary. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. So there's, um, are there areas where this is easier to do or harder to do? Nope. Anywhere? Nope. No matter where I am, there they are. Wow. And you can see them with the naked eye. It's... Oh, God, yeah. Wow. Oh, my God, yes. I have the gift of being able to see interdimensionally, extra-dimensionally, ultra-dimensionally, and yet don't ask me to read the menu at Red Lobster without providing me with cheaters. (laughs) I can see out into beyond the stratosphere. I have uh, this unique ability where my eyes are absolutely perfect looking out into the universe and utterly flawed here on earth. Um, That just made me laugh so hard. Um, I'm just thinking about you trying to order Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Well, I don't have to look at the menu to order those, my darling. <laughs> right. That's automatic. They should know when I walk in the door. <laughs> they always send me home with a brown bag full and all kinds of, you know, tabs of nice warm butter <laughs> to go with them. It's always my dinner after I have lunch there. Oh, I love that. Well, okay. So have you ever seen these beings themselves? Yes. Really? What's that? What's that been like? Well, <laughs> I am I'm in the middle of uh, I published a book a couple of years ago privately. Um, I was going to put it out worldwide, as all the rest of my books are. And something told me not to. It's called A Wonder to Behold. And soon it will be available for everyone to see, and you can even order it from me in living color. Um, I have uh, a printer who um, prints my books and all the photographs, all the captures of the uh, sightings that I've got in there are in brilliant color. And it doesn't cost a dime more to me to have them printed that way. And so I'll be selling those directly. but not until I finish um, the additional section that went on. See, the whole entire book is about the coming paradigm shift. And I didn't know what it was. 
I didn't know what it looked like, what it meant. All I know is that a paradigm shift is in its most simplistic terms, a time when everything that happened before came to an end and everything was different from that point on. Now, is that COVID? That's what we're in the midst of right now. And not just COVID, it's about geopolitical upheaval. It's about exopolitical upheaval. It's about awakening. It's about, you know, people coming to terms. I mean, Roz, you are so deeply embedded in this field. You must have been receiving numerous reports over the last two years of people seeing things they'd never seen before. Oh, absolutely. Whether it, you know, I mean, it's just been a plethora, an explosion of activity. Um, now, there are two schools of thought about this, um, that this is all the same exact activity that has always existed. It's just that people had uh, an enforced sequestration where they had to, you know, quarantine at home and maybe spent a little bit more time outside looking in the sky uh, or just enjoying mother nature or, being in their home so much that they finally noticed things that have been going on there all along. I've also heard people say less air, air uh, pollution. Yep. Well, you know, that's, that's plausible. Yeah, It really is. I think that it really helped the planet when we, as a species, as a race um, shut down worldwide for a couple of months. I mean, there are people that live in India that have lived there their whole lives uh, that saw the Himalayan mountains for the first time in their lives. Yeah. Because the air cleared. I mean, so do you think that, because uh, I've, I've also heard some really touching stories of extraterrestrials coming to our planet to warn us, save your planet. Do you think yes. it has something to do with that? Is, is that a big Absolutely. Part of That's at the top of the list. Yeah. It is at the top of the list. That is always my theory, that they're up there, clearly so smart, and going, what are these people doing? You're our neighbors. Mow your lawn. You know, it's like when you see a neighbor that's not taking care of their house. What are you doing over there? Well, unfortunately, there's no code enforcement out in the universe (laughs) that's anywhere close enough to chastise us and write us a ticket. So, you know, the thing is, Um, I have a a very deeply embedded philosophy um, about this, uh, which is actually the shortest chapter in A Wonder to Behold. I'll let you know when it's uh, out in the world and available, and I will send you a copy, a hardbound edition, my darling. Thank um, you. Inscribed. And you will read a book unlike anything you've ever read in your life. It will change the way that you think about absolutely everything. And every single word of it is true. Wow. Uh, yes, it has you. many testimonials from other people, from friends of mine from all around the world um, that have had experiences often going back to childhood. I think the youngest uh, of my essayists was six when he saw his first vessel. Um, I have seen uh, extraterrestrials. There's a story in there about uh, the time that one of them um, intercepted my signal on Skype 
and came right between my friend Susan and I as we were in the middle of a session. She was playing a piece of music that had been downloaded to her some 25 years before that called The Shadows Are High. And she was playing it for me because she was giving it to me to use in my videos and however um, I please. And I knew every note of a piece of music that I had never heard before. <laughs> and all of a sudden, here's this, what I believe to be male extraterrestrial that just takes over my computer screen. What do you mean? And Susan can see the back of his head and I can see the front of his head. And he was jet black, like patent leather shoes. He had what looked like platinum or silver studs along the top of his head and uh, in the form of a cross, like uh, up and over from the forehead back and then side to side. Um, his face was the shape of an egg. He had no discernible chin protruding, um, very thin lips, two laser red orb eyes. And he latched into me for approximately, I would say maybe two to three minutes um, and downloaded me so intensely that I had to break the connection between us. And all I said to Susan is, Susan, do you see this? And she said, I don't know. I, I think I see the back of a head. And I said, I see the front. And that was it. That's all that I said to her. And she was gone. And he was there. There were uh, panels and panels of lights behind him. Colors I've never seen before. Absolutely beautiful. And there was this discernible tapping, tapping that was going on. Like, um, I don't know if you can pick that, uh -huh. pick that up, but like, like somebody using a keyboard, um, a loud keyboard. Um, and he lifted his head and just stared right at me. And I had to, after a few minutes, uh, I just had to break the connection. I started, I couldn't, I could not disattach my gaze from his. That was physically impossible. I could not look away from him. So I began to fish around for the mouse. And when I found it on the desk, I disconnected the call. And I will regret that for the rest of my life. Because he didn't leave me his contact information. <laughs> so he, he popped up in the computer. Yes. To let me know that that piece of music is ancient in my soul. And that Susan and I are connected. And at that time, I did not know she too was a contactee, that she too had had experiences going back all the way to her childhood. She had yet to divulge that to me. Wow. She did that day. So uh, this is, this is like a wild, this is wild. Oh, this is nothing, honey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you believe that they walk among us, you know, as some people yes, say? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I can spot one 100 yards away. Really? Oh, yes. So they're, they're trying everywhere. To, to be up in human drag and they're yeah, walking around? They, uh, oh, and honey, and they do it so well. Really? So what they gives them away? So well. Their vibe. Yeah, you can't Their vibration. That. Yeah. Wow. Can you and tell I me a story that. of seeing one? Um, uh, yes, I can. 
Um, I don't know if he was an angel or uh, angels are an extraterrestrial race. Um, I have been informed uh, from directly from the source. So, you know, uh, wow. Yeah, they are. So are fairies. Um, they do exist, but they're extraterrestrials. Hmm. Um, if Bigfoot exists, I feel certain that they're an interdimensional being as well. Um, I don't know. We've never had a corpse. There's you know, no way to verify whether or not uh, the Sasquatch is a real thing. But um, I don't know. I think there's just been too many sightings. That's my leading or they're theory. Not to be, theory. You know. Yeah, giving the some, benefit of the doubt to people that claim to have seen it, I I feel like it has to be some kind of interdimensional being that vanishes if if it is. Yeah, a comes and goes. Yeah, runs the forests, comes and goes. Yeah. They are very concerned about the state of our situation. Um, they've been here as long, if not longer, than we have. Um, I do believe that... I, now, I don't even want to say the word believe because this is not about a belief system. You know, there are people who have said to me that there are those in the UFO community who are trying their damnedest to uh, create an almost uh, religious fervor around uh, extraterrestrial contact. I would describe it certainly as spiritual, but absolutely not religious, um, nor should it be. This is about science. We might perceive it to be magic, but it's about science. We don't yet understand. We have not been able to, to conceive of these races mm -hmm. that are routinely coming to this planet. Uh, they are among us. They love us. They are worried about us. Now, I'll get back to my short story, uh, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Mm -hmm. The chapter that is the shortest and the most profound um, in a, a Wonder to Behold is um, called The Chicken and the Egg. And every night, somewhere around 3 a.m., I awaken. And I go outside and I have a little chat with the galactic family and I smoke a cigarette and I let my dog go do whatever she might have in mind. <laughs> um, and I, that's my contact time that I'm either awakened or I wake up naturally. One night I had worked quite late. This was years and years ago. So I don't know, at least six, seven years ago. Um, I had worked quite late. Um, and shut down my computer and went to bed. And it was probably around 2.30. And I felt a physical nudge right after three o'clock. Like, uh, you missed your, you know, go out time. I'm like, oh, no, leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. I'm, leave me alone. And so then I get a little bit firmer push, like the whole bed moves. <laughs> like, shit. All right, fine, fine. You know, and it was, it was middle of winter, so... You know, in Florida, that meant I had to put my slippers on in a robe, which, you know, put me out terribly because it was probably 55 degrees outside. And I thought I'd freeze to death. <laughs> um, and I went outside and I was a little perturbed. Um, and I just looked up at the sky and I said, what is it? <laughs> 
And I looked and I looked and the sky was very clear that night. The air was very crisp, no clouds. And I'm looking and I'm searching the whole sky and I don't see anything. Nothing's moving, no flashing lights. I'm not seeing what I normally see every day, broad daylight or at night. Um, Nothing, nothing ever, you know, all the stars were staying put right where they were. There was no extraneous movement no light anomalies in the sky. And all of a sudden I had a flash in, I can only describe it as a flash in my mind. Um, So bright, it hurt my eyes. And in that split second that that occurred, I was 12 years old with my mother and my sisters and my father at a chicken farm across the border from our new farm in Rhode Island. Uh, We had just moved to the farm. It was our first spring there. And we went to a chicken farm um, not far away across uh, the Connecticut border because we were right up in the corner of Massachusetts, Connecticut and Rhode Island. And um, The farmer was talking to dad and the farmer's wife invited my mother and the five of us into an area of the coops where she had incubators and she was allowing some of the eggs to be fertilized and uh, have new baby chicks arriving regularly. So I didn't know any better. I looked over and one of the eggs was moving And suddenly a little tiny beak pecked its way through that hard shell. And I reached over to crack the shell to release the baby chick. And my mother very gently and delicately reached over and withdrew my hand. And she said, oh, no, honey, if you break the shell, the baby will die. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? I almost killed a baby chick because I didn't know better. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I learned my lesson that morning so well that I never thought about that again for the rest of my life. From that moment on, I knew that you could not help the baby chicks get out of the shell or they would die. And all of a sudden I get this flash this vivid memory of being with my family there. And I just stood in the middle of my driveway and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck was that? (laughs) What was that? And in the time it took me to walk inside the house, I went back into my mam cave, also known as my office, (laughs) and opened up my computer and I sat down (laughs) and I wrote the chicken and the egg. The message was so clear, Roz. They are not here to save us. They can't. We have to save ourselves. We have to peck our way out of our 3D shell and peer out into the universe and see the promise and the hope of a future 
with a planet that is protected and thriving in spite of our presence on it. What my mother was trying to tell me that morning was the amount of energy required for that baby to peck its way out of its enclosure, out of its shell, is what builds its strength and is equivalent to the amount of energy that will be required on the other side of the shell to survive. Wow. Yeah. They can't do it for us. We have to do it ourselves. We created this dilemma. We have the technology to solve this dilemma. And it requires only the changing of the human mind for enough people to care enough about this subject and their children and their grandchildren and what kind of world we are leaving them. That is and very, then, this is so powerful. <laughs> this is, this is, and yeah. then they can help us. The way they're helping us now is by simply making their presence known. It is a mind blowing, consciousness expanding endeavor to encounter extraterrestrial presence on this planet. It changes everything. It is the paradigm shift. They are here with purpose and reason. And even though their presence was here long before the great um, movement uh, began about 70 years ago, if they could get here, they did get here in droves. And the reason was very simple. They looked down upon us, and according to the great, late, great Paul T. Hellyer, they said, oh, no, the children are playing with matches. And it was because we were blowing off hydrogen and atomic bombs on our planet for the first time. Mm -hmm. And not only were we ripping a hole in our own dimensions and destroying our own planet, but because the entire universe is a series of dimensions all interconnected simultaneously, not only were we damaging our planet, we were damaging other places in the universe. And they came in numbers that the vast majority of human beings cannot comprehend. I cannot overstate to you enough how profound, how significant the presence is in numbers that will literally blow your mind. Yeah. If they wanted to hurt us, they could have done it millennia ago. If they wanted to enslave humanity, they could have done it millennia ago. That's not why they're here. They're here because they love us. So do you have any theory for why they choose to communicate with who they communicate with? I think probably because there are a multitude of people on this planet that are in some way, shape or form hybrids, genetically predisposed to be able to communicate with them, uh, chosen for a reason, even though we might not know what that reason is. Um, 
and that we are, um, I, I would not say that we should ever be described as oracles or, you know, a sage or, or you know, soothsayer, whatever. There are a multitude of words in the vernacular to describe people who are contactees and experiencers. And in fact, the vernacular continues to burgeon because it simply must, because in many ways uh, we've outgrown it. There are experiences that are occurring that require new language to describe. Mm. Um, And so the word experiencer has been adopted for those that have had close encounters. Um, I've had, one, two, three, four, five encounters with beings in my life. Um, Every single one of them was different. When you speak to any of these extraterrestrials, are you speaking out loud? Sometimes. Uh Sometimes out loud, sometimes telepathically. Um. But the messages that come through to me are so clear and succinct and concise. Um, And sometimes I don't understand them, Roz. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm being downloaded with information that is going directly into my subconscious mind. I, I have no conscious recollection once I hear the tones and the the that vibrational pitch that will come into one ear or the other, or sometimes simultaneously, usually lasts anywhere from 10 to 30 seconds. Uh, I've learned to just sit back, stop whatever I'm doing, relax, take it in, and and hopefully understand better what I'm being told. Um, But uh, at least to this point, that's been to no avail. Mm. Uh, I do not know what I'm being informed of, but I do know that I am being informed. You know, I consider myself one of the luckiest people on this planet. Um, I do. I mean, I feel so absolutely blessed to have had the experiences that I've had in my life, no matter how bizarre they might seem to others, uh, they uh, fundamentally changed who I am from a very early age. I don't think I would be this Annie now had I not grown up in that farmhouse, had I not had the experiences that I've had. Uh, It molded me into the individual that I am now, and I am deeply uh, spiritual. I have great faith and I dare to hope for the future. Um, it's all about light and love, baby, light and love. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's the answer to every single question that we can pose. But I think that there are really only two important questions that human beings um, feel an urgency to answer in our lifetimes. And one of them is, is it possible that something exists beyond our death? Is there life after death? Is there something else beyond our mortal existence? And that question has been answered for me long ago. And the answer is yes. I still can't tell you what it is or why or how or any of that. None of it. 
The other question, the one that is most important to me is, are we alone in the universe? Absolutely not. Unequivocal. I can answer that question in, with the same surety that I can tell you my name. Absolutely not. We are so not alone. It's ridiculous how not alone we are. I feel like when you talk about this kind of stuff, I mean, there's been, it, it was, you know, it's major in a lot of ways, the government finally acknowledging Oh, it. fuck them. Yeah. You know what? They're the lying liars who lie. That's all they know how to do. And everything that's been released in the last few years are, you know, breadcrumbs and they're holding on to the whole loaf. Right, right. And that's why I wonder, I mean, do you think, do they visit these world leaders that can make these major changes in our environment? I don't know. You would think that they would, you know? I'm not privy to that information. I wish they would go right to them. <laughs> Just to... Well, you know, I... I, d- I don't, you know, Roz, I'd love to be able to answer that question, I sweetheart. I really you would think would. they would. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing. I don't think that, um, did you know that there's an, uh, an extraterrestrial emissary that works at the United Nations? Um, no, I don't know much about She's this. She's got about 14 doctorates. And her job at the United Nations is emissary to extraterrestrials. Why does her job exist? Yeah, there must be a reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about that. Interesting. Um, I've researched this for 50 years. I was a ufologist before that word existed. Mm -hmm. Someone who is focused um, on gaining evidence. Well, I don't care about the evidence anymore. (laughs) I I really don't. I really don't. You know, I, I, I have so many thousands of photographs of them. I have so many, you know, it's like, I got nothing to prove, babe. I got nothing to prove. I don't owe anyone an explanation. This is my life. Welcome to it. Um, And if anybody has an issue or a problem with me, there's a thousand other people out there they can go listen to. I really don't care. I'm not here for everyone. um, But the ones that I am here for, they know it. They find me. They reach out. We are in uh, extraordinary ways connecting in this worldwide community like we've never connected before. We have the technology to do it. We have the, um, you know, we're all riding the same wave of consciousness. We get it. We understand that we're not alone. We understand that, you know, spirit exists that uh, that that part of our DNA that the scientists once discarded as junk DNA um, is our ancient ancestry, and it is universal. We we come from somewhere else. Mm. You know, I I fall into a category uh, over the years as I've you know done in more and more research. I've come across the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, and I fall into all three categories. 
uh, most hybrids who feel that they're somehow connected uh, and in um, uh, for lack of a better word, magical ways to the galactic family, either have green or blue eyes, huh. are usually firstborn or an only child, and often have the RH negative blood factor. Huh. I'm three for three. Wow. You know what, Andrea? I guess that's yes. about it for this time. Oh, uh, well, we just got going. I know. I got I could talk to you for forever. I literally like I could listen to you talk for hours. It's it's so nice. You have so much insight and you also make me laugh. <laughs> well, I'm turning the tables on you on February 11th yes. at nine. And then that will be up for people to watch at any yes. time, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it will. It will be archived. Um, my show has gone into syndication on KGRA. So I have a worldwide audience at my disposal and it will be wonderful, wonderful to share you with them. Oh, I'm excited. I know. And we can tell people your books. They should go get your books. Amazon. Yeah. House of Darkness, House of Light. Uh, They're a quick, easy order on Amazon or people can write to me directly um, on uh, Facebook or my uh Email address is bathsheba1680 at gmail.com if they want signed, uh, inscribed uh, books shipped to them. So that's the way to get me there. And so that's it. And I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter, but I never use it. My website is shut down for repairs right now. Uh, So, but I'm everywhere. Omnipresent. All you have to do is just Google my name and there I am. You can find me. Um, but I thank you from the bottom of my heart, you and uh, your wonderful uh, listening audience, of which I know is, is quite large. Um, it's lovely uh, to be able to speak with all of you. And I wish you in this you know, dreadful time of COVID, look for the light. There's always light. Look for the light and keep the faith because we will get through this. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, one other thing, I since this is a uh, not a visual medium, uh, people aren't able to see us, unfortunately, but both of us are fully glammed up. I mean, people couldn't even imagine what you and I have on right now, just like, you know, high fashion uh, floor length gowns. And um, it's too bad they can't see that. Well, I, you know, I wore my tiara. Um, I do have a crown, but unfortunately it's way back at the, into the back of my jaw. Um, and so it can't be seen. Um, and, um, but I do have a tiara and just the most, um, just authentically beautiful, sparkly high heels that I could never actually get into because I would fall and break my ankle. Um, but yes, just for this occasion, regalia. (laughs) Yes. Full regalia. We are, we are done up to the nines. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and who knows what's going to happen when we go video. Oh my gosh. People are going to explode. Honey, I want you to show up and I'll, and I'll do it right too. I'll show up. I will come. Correct. I want you to show up looking like, 
cover of Vogue, baby. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to do anything else, of course, uh, for you. <laughs> well, I love you. Uh, I, love I love you. You, you are wonderful. You are a bright light in the firmament, my darling. And Ross. I want people to know that you'll be back. Um, I will. Yes, because we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot. Yeah, and you've got me on speed dial. Just, you know, send me a message and I'll just say yes automatically because I always say yes to the universe. Uh, and you you are a star sister. You are you are um, one of my uh, kindred spirits. What an honor. Wow. Uh, thank you so much to Andrea Perrin. That... <laughs> That's a lot. There's a there's a lot going on here. And I love her. She is nothing but good vibes. And um, she cracks me up. So to hear a little bit extra, go to patreon.com slash rosedressfulness at my second tier. We will be having Andrea back. Don't you worry. Because there's so much to talk about. I had a whole list of things to talk about, including lots of stuff about the Conjuring House that we didn't get to last time. Don't worry. We'll get into it. Don't worry. Please rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have a ghost story, you could leave it in a five-star review. Or you could send it to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. Or you could join the Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. I am on Instagram at Roz Hernandez. I am on TikTok at It's Roz Hernandez. And Twitter, too. It's Roz Hernandez. I will be talking to you guys next week. As always, please be subscribed to the show. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.